The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guest is Emmy-nominated actress Jill Larson. And we're going to talk about her new film entitled Holiday, uh, A Holiday I Do. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. You are lovely, anyhow. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to have you here, for sure. This is such a charming film, uh, A Holiday I Do. It really is charming. When you, how did this script come to you? What made you decide? Decide to do this film? Well, I can say it's um, one of the few times in my career as an actor where they just pursued me and asked me if I would be interested in participating. And of course, uh, anyone who's an actor knows the rigors and miseries of auditioning for everything, proving yourself over and over. So that was a pleasure. And then the writers, Paul and Alyssa, were very, and oh God, I just had a, anyway, it doesn't matter, were very receptive to input and interesting interested to hear ideas I might have for sort of filling out the characters a little more and so forth she was kind of um, just a grandma who baked cookies in the beginning and so we got to enhance her position and the stakes for her a little bit so yeah. that was fun which is great you, the, you light up the screen every time you were on so uh-huh. uh, you really did um, we're going to get more into your role but uh, so our audience knows can you tell Everybody, a little synopsis, a holiday I do. Well, it's kind of a combination of, uh, you know, a wedding romp and um, a Christmas movie. And it's classic. <clears throat> it's about uh, my daughter who has been married uh, and her and, and she and her husband had a daughter who's now about 10. And um, at some point in the marriage, she realizes that really she is gay and that she can't really love him uh, the way he, he, she should or or he needs in a regular heterosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. So they get a very amicable divorce and they're still best friends. And now he has met someone and is about to get married and she is the, what do they call it? Not, best, not, best, best woman. Best woman or something? A best woman. Best that's woman. right. Exactly. That's the language. Yeah. She's the best woman. the best woman. And of course, she's something of a threat to the new bride who only meets her during the film. So anyway, there are complications and she, I'm the mother trying to encourage my daughter to get out and kind of start her own life again. And so there are all kinds of, you know, rom-com kinds of situations. And But it ends up with a very happy, happy uh, ending. Yeah, it does. It does. It's got a wonderful cast with Lindsay Hick plays your daughter yeah. and she's just stunning. She's stunningly she's, beautiful. She's, she's very charming. Yeah. Soulful. Yeah. Actress. Yeah. She is. She is. And then the Rivka Rays <laughs> is also lovely in this film too yeah. and in her role. And then we have Marsha Warfield. I love her. And she's, you yeah. know, whenever you see her, you see her on the screen, you go, oh, I've seen her in many things if people aren't oh, as familiar yes. with her name. But uh, so it's a great oh. cast. It really is. It's a, and then, and it's, it is, it's just charming and it is fun. But your character, I am happy that it just wasn't the grandmother, potential grandmother cooking, making cookies all the time. I did think some things were going to change a little bit in the film watching it with your character, but that was, you know, it's good that it didn't go the direction I thought it might. Can I ask what you were thinking? I was, well, you know, because I don't know if I want to give too much away, but I thought that maybe your baking cookies was going to be the way for you to save the ranch. That's one thing I said to them. I said, you know, it doesn't matter how many cookies you bake, you're not going to save 
save the ranch with cookies. That's just not realistic, you know. But um, but yes, yeah, they they certainly have their own sort of place in the film, almost their own character in a way. So. They do. They do. Well, how much fun? I mean, this the scene you have when you're taking your what was it the beater from the you know from the mixer or was it a spoon or whatever, and you kind of replicate you know Tom Cruise and Rick, Risky Business. <laughs> Well, that, that's a, that's a great compliment. I think I'm not sure that I quite raised to that level, but uh, but it was sort of fun in watching the movie. Of course, when you you've already shot something and then you see what it is, uh, I wasn't really dancing to music, and so I can see that you know, had we already chosen that music and I could have danced to that music, it might have been I, I you know just as an actor. Those are the kinds of things we see. But uh, but you but, didn't yeah, have any music um, when you were doing that. Well, I was sort of singing a little something in my head, but the actual music had not been selected yet. So, so anyway, that that often happens when you're shooting a film or television that they can't necessarily sync it up in the recording. So you sort of hear a tempo and make it up as you go along. Right. And they probably had to find a song where they could get the rights to it and all of that, exactly. too. All of those things that take place behind the scenes when you're making a movie. So did you create that scene or was that already in the script? I didn't like come up with the idea, but obviously it was fully improv. (laughs) So yeah, I can't remember if it was actually written into the original script or not, but I can't remember if they sprung it on me in in shooting or or. It was a highlight in the film for me. I I, I loved it. Yeah, I did. I loved it. I thought that was just a highlight. It was just fun and perfect and and made your character fleshed out more. Exactly. 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 Yeah, which is so that it wasn't just all worry and doubt. Right. It wasn't one dimensional. So you had a lot of scenes with Marsha Warfield. Had you ever worked with her before? I'd never met her before. So I was very excited and really honored to be working with her. And she was so open and receptive. And I remember the first day we were driving to the set and I said, you know, I I haven't even met the costume designer. I I just, you know, I'm a little worried about what I'm going to wear. I called a couple times. Nobody got back to me. And she said, no problem. She said, you just show up on set naked and, you know, somebody (laughs) will get you something to wear. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) But uh, is that what you did? (laughs) Well, no, actually, I didn't. But it was too cold. But no, and everybody, the the costume designer and the set and and props person, everybody was terrific. So I love the house. Now, where was this filmed? I loved that house. Well, we were shooting um, about 45 minutes outside of Detroit in Michigan because this film was really created and produced by what I came to learn is sort of a filmmaker's collective. There's a, a community of people in this area who three or four of them had already written their own films and together as a collective they'd been produced and one or two was on Netflix and so forth. So I, I love the ambiance, the, the spirit and energy of that. So they all knew each other already and it was wonderful to be brought into it. Of course, we started just when we thought that COVID was kind of coming to an end and then of course somebody tested positive. We all had to go home and then we didn't pick up again for like two, three months, I guess. Oh, really? 
really that long? And so, of course, you have the issue of snow and so forth and so on. But I thought they handled it pretty well. So what time of year did you film it? We started in um, either January or February for snow. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't go back until I think it was April. Oh, wow. Did they still have snow? No, but what they had done is managed to shoot a lot of snow scenes and exterior stuff while most of us were back in our home states. So actually, there were only one, two, three, four, five of us, I think, who were from either LA or New York. And everybody else was local, which is also kind of interesting. It is interesting. I loved the actor who played Mark, for example. I thought he was so... Everybody was terrific. They all were. Yes, they all were. And I'm glad that when they started Mark, the character Mark, the actor who plays Mark, but his fiance, that they started a little bit of the bridezilla. And I'm glad they didn't really go there because you get tired of seeing that all the time, too. That the next bride is going to be, you know, and I was glad that it didn't continue. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Because there are those things that are, we've seen them before. We've seen bridesmaids. We've seen, you know, so no, I love the way that's resolved. Me too. Yeah, me too. I did too. I thought that was good. You know, it's time for us to all heal, right? (laughs) Have more healing relationships. and. uh, Right. And uh, so that barn, was that barn on that property? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, it was. I think it was a property. And that's part of the reason why there was the gap is because that barn and that house are indeed a wedding venue already. Ah. So they couldn't get they couldn't get a date. They oh. couldn't get time. It was all booked up. And so we had to wait until there was a little opening for us to. Um, oh, wow. It was a great place to shoot because then there were bedrooms upstairs. You could. I had my own space to kind of get dressed and prepare and everything else. So well, that is great. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. home. Beautiful home, really is. So how many days was the actual shoot? Because of the the breakup and time and everything, and some people shooting um, during the holidays, but uh, during uh, the winter, but outside to sort of protect everybody. And I don't really know how long it ended up being. In the end, I shot for about I don't know five or six days, maybe. So. Oh, that's Not that long. Uh, uh, the <laughs> Alexa's talking to me. Uh, <laughs> Alexa, don't butt in. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Right, right. <laughs> Live recording. <laughs> you get surprises. Right. Well, you've had a very you a very uh, long and illustrious career, but your route to becoming an actress wasn't, you know, a straight line. So let's talk about that, because did you think you wanted to be an actress at, at early on or or you just kind of went other directions and became an actress? No, no, I was uh, producing plays in my living room from the time I was about nine. Okay. You know? <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, and I convinced the library that I should use their little lecture hall to present my performance, my uh, production of Cinderella. And wow. so I, I was always creating theater in one form or another. It's just always kind of been in my blood, I guess. You know, and I feel very, very grateful that I have been able to actually build a career that would support me and and give me the marvelous experiences that I've had and people that I've met. So... so, um, That's wonderful. That's wonderful. To be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you grow up? 
in Minneapolis. Okay, so Midwestern then. And, and, yeah. And, and, but you yeah. started off as a singer, correct? I, I did some singing, yeah. When I was in college, I was part of a, a singing group in Minneapolis that that did, I think we did 10 shows a week at a supper club, and there were six of us, and we did, you know, condensed musicals and themed shows and, and whatever. It was great, great fun and and great experience for learning how to put something together quickly and uh, and so forth. So The singing led you to Europe. To tour is what I have in my research, and you ended up going, settling in Paris, and then became a model. So talk about that a little yeah. bit, because that's very fascinating uh, and had to be really interesting. Because you did a lot of interesting things when you were in Paris. Did your yeah. film career sort of start there? Um, well, I did my first real film there. Yes. I did two films there and, and that was amazing, but that was, that was sort of toward the end of my, my sejour in, in Paris. Um, but it was just a series of flukes really, or circumstances that, that ended me and my sister. We were, we were traveling together in Europe supposedly for eight weeks. And, um, and then, um, I met a man who I ended up marrying and uh, he was from Paris. So we got ourselves there and we got ourselves jobs as au pairs. And, uh, and then um, there was a link to a modeling agency there and I was able to start working. And, you know, so much of these kinds of things are, are about timing. And I just happened to be in Paris where I think there was only one other American and um, so it, I was something of a commodity at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it, it, it all sort of unfolded kind of rapidly. And and uh, it, it was an extraordinary time. And I got to travel to wonderful places. And uh, and uh, and then through that, I was uh, I auditioned for a role in a film with uh, Faye Dunaway and Frank Langella, right. uh, directed by a very famous French director, René Clément. And, um, and then I did another film for another very famous French director, um, um, Philippe de Broca. And he did King of Hearts, which was probably his most famous film. And that was with Jean Moreau. So that was a huge thrill for me to, um, to play opposite her. I mean, just for a couple of scenes, but wow. still. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. She was incredible. Yeah. So. Really, really is. What, that, how, how exciting that is. And you, that was yes. early on in your career. So how exciting. Yes. So then you came back to the States and then you've been really actively involved with all my children, right? Has been one of the shows that you've been on. Right. But I was here in New York, um, um, for almost 20 years working in New York and in regional theater and, you know, whatever, um, for almost 20 years before I started on All My Children. And, uh, and so that was a gift from the gods. I didn't even understand what a great gift it was until, you know, I actually started working on it and understanding, um, how important those shows were 
to audiences and the connection to audiences. And I was just at an event the other night when someone came up to me and said, uh, gosh, I, I watched you for so long. And, you know, my, my, my mother and my mother and I, and my grandmother, we all watched together and, uh, and so the kind of glue to me, it felt like those shows were kind of for women, what sports and watching football or whatever, or baseball is for men in terms of their own kind of uh, language almost that uh, that those shows and those characters provided for people. And so, so yeah, I was, I, I was just, that was an extraordinary blessing in my life for which I will always be grateful. Yeah. You know, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. But that's hard work. <laughs> I, I had no idea how hard it was <laughs> until I started. Until I started. It's probably the hardest work in one way that I've ever done. Because, yeah, you, you do a whole hour of programming in, in one day. And then you do it again the next day and the next day. And there's no vacation except mm. weekends, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I, I I still think it's kind of miraculous what those shows do and how they manage to um, to create that much content so yeah. fast. And they're still going strong, I guess. You yes. know, a lot of yeah. them are. I mean, when I started, there were fourteen of them, seven on each coast. Now there are just four left, and they're all in Los Angeles. But there are still four left. So yeah, yeah. So they still, celebrate that. Yeah, they definitely, mm-hmm. they still provide um, joy to the people that continue to watch them. I have a dear friend who just loves her soap operas, you know. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. I think one of them that she loves, I can't remember which one, but that she loved, you know, went off the air and she was like mourning the loss of that yeah. show. You know, you get invested in the characters in that in in those shows for sure. Right. And that's true for any any kind of television. I mean I if we watch night you know nighttime series and things you get invested yes. in those characters obviously. So Right. But these came into your home every single day so you watched characters i was on the show for 20 years people watched me get older you know (laughs) and uh so so yeah it it, it was it's a very specific medium and i think we uh kind of suffered a loss when they had to get rid of so many of them so fast did you do when you do meet someone who has watched the show for years do they feel like they they know you intimately from watching it and do they feel like an instant relationship with you when you meet them completely and then when the show was on of course there was a lot of um interviews in soap magazines there were also i think six soap magazines at that time and so it was a real problem for me starting out on the show because People would come up to me and I have a real problem with recognizing faces, even of people that I know, and especially if they're out of uh, out of context, kind of. Mm-hmm. So people would come up to me and ask about my daughter or talk about Minnesota. And and I didn't know if I knew them or not. You know? <laughs> and uh, so um, so that, yeah, that was a challenge. And, but uh, but it. Everyone was 
you know, at one point I felt like, what am I supposed to do? This is too scary. Uh, and then I realized they're all just coming to say how much they love the show and love my character. What is bad about that? You know, right. so. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you've also you've done stage, you do, uh, you've continued your love yes, of uh, fitting on productions and done stage. Uh, mm-hmm. Out of all of the, out of film and um, stage and television, what is your uh, favorite that you enjoy doing the most? I was afraid that's where you were going with that question. <laughs> <laughs> Too predictable. Um, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that I, I can. Uh, it's impossible. I could never pick one particular thing. There are various um, um, experiences that I've had that have surprised me. That have um, some have been sort of therapeutic for me. Um, I, I guess. In the theater, you have a chance to really become, have a much more intimate connection with your character and really develop something. So opportunities I've had to, you know, do uh, I, I, a, a lot of wonderful plays. And so I'm not going to try to list them all, but, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then in film, of course, it's, it's, it's such a different experience, but, um, but, uh, yeah, after doing all that television and then getting to do a, a certain amount of of nighttime work, not as much as I'd like, but uh, but some, mm-hmm. and then um, some various films and so forth. Um, I then got asked to do this horror film, which I'd never even seen a horror film, so I, I was really just a, a stranger in a strange land, and. Um, I came to realize that in a way the horror community is just as vivaciously enthusiastic about that medium as the soap community is. And um, so I came to really understand more about it and to um, just really appreciate that community and, uh, and to have a wonderful, wonderful time playing this woman the taking of deborah logan is the name of the film and uh i played deborah logan who they think has alzheimer's but is really possessed so (laughs) exciting i know it's a real to the scenery kind of opportunity (laughs) it sounds like fun it sounds like fun (laughs) well jill our time is 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 running out where do you know where people can see um a holiday (laughs) i do do you know where it's we're showing for people to see holiday. I do is on a, uh, we didn't even mention the fact that this is a lesbian love story, right? <laughs> that actually 40% of the, um, ca- I guess the cast and production crew are from the LGBTQ community. So that's, that's kind of a special yes. thing, yes. you know? Yes. And, um, so it's on a streaming, uh, uh, I guess it's a lesbian streaming platform called Tello. T E L L O, and um, that's where I watched it last night. So wonderful! So that's where you can find it, and uh, if you do, I hope you enjoy it. Yes, well, it is. It's a charming movie, and everybody should seek it out on Tello for sure. Jill, what a joy to have you on the show! I look forward to seeing you in your next project. 
Well, thank you, Jan. It's been lovely talking with you, too. You, too. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. You, too. Bye. Bye. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at the Jamper. Show.com. Thank you for listening. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.